Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. Stop the Killing is proud to be supported by our sponsor, EZPA. EZPA is an integrations-capable communication software that connects older building systems, such as signage and public address systems, to modern software technologies, such as panic alarms and mass communication systems. Go to EZPA.com, that's E-Z-Y-P-A.com, to learn how to integrate your systems today. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Hi, fellow podcast followers. This is Catherine Schweit. I just wanted to touch base with you today because of the shooting that occurred in Kansas City yesterday. Just to bring everybody kind of up to speed, in case you were on the other side of the planet or something, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs won the American football Super Bowl over the weekend. And so it was quite a celebration. And today is, is a Thursday, Wednesday, yesterday, there was a plan to have a parade uh, in Kansas City to celebrate. The team was there, the mayor was there, the governor was there. And there was a, a short parade route, maybe a mile long or so. And they had about a million people there and the parade route went down a a main straightaway and then ended near Union Station, which is a classic old uh, building in Kansas City, Missouri, you know, in the center of the country. After the parade ended, there was a shooting by the Union Station and it involved some individuals who knew each other. So probably gang uh, warfare or, you know, uh, people who are opposite sides of the world in terms of their uh, opinions about, uh, you know, whether you said something wrong about my girlfriend or that kind of thing. But what happened is uh, guns came out. Um, Kansas City has a concealed carry, uh, allows anybody who has a handgun to carry it. Um, and they at least what happened is in the exchange of gunfire between these individuals, which I'll tell you how many, but we don't know yet. The police chief just had a press conference. Uh, at least one person was killed. Uh, there were as many as 21 others injured and, and, uh, many of those injuries were not life threatening. Uh, but about half of the injuries involved, uh, minors in some way or another. And I think eight of them had what medical personnel called immediate life threatening injuries. So the shooting occurred at about 
1.30 in the afternoon. The parade was, of course, earlier, but there were still thousands and thousands of people downtown. There were 800 police officers there. Three people were detained and no one has been charged yet. But I think most importantly, I wanted to mention that there was a disc jockey radio personality from Missouri, Kansas City Radio, KKFI 90.1, Lisa Lopez Cullen, and she was murdered. She was there with her husband and her adult son, very loyal Kansas City fans. And like everybody there, dressed in the colors of Kansas City, which includes red. And so she was killed and all these other people were injured. There's a children's hospital there. They took a lot of people. And the investigation is ongoing. So, you know, where do we go from here? Where we go from here is that law enforcement, including federal and state county officials, are going to do the investigation. This is a uh, Kansas City Police Department investigation. Kansas City has had a lot of uh, practice with uh, violence, uh, gun violence and, and murder in their uh, city. Unfortunately, it has occurred. But I guess I'd point out that, you know, maybe 20,000 people die a year in homicides in the United States through gun violence. So Kansas City's not alone, but very much the chief has already said that they thought there was no terrorism nexus, that this was their preliminary investigation indicated this was just individuals in a kind of a criminal conflict in nature between the individuals. So I wanted to mention that first because the investigators are going to move from here. They've asked for anybody who has video coverage from their cell phones to share it with them. This is where their law enforcement partners will help. The FBI is pretty good at uh, pulling video and synthesizing it and getting back the relevant parts. Uh, as other, other as our other departments, I don't know exactly what the FBI is doing right now. I know they've offered their assistance. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives component for the federal government, the ATF. They're going to obviously be the ones who are going to be tapped to ask, what about the guns that were found? There were They said several handguns uh, found at the location in and around the location of the single shooting location. There's a lot of rumors going around about multiple shooting locations or people who were firing in different areas. There's one shooting location at Union Station, just so that everybody understands that. And the parade had ended already, and it ended at Union Station. And the the Kansas City Chiefs, for instance, were in a couple of double-decker buses and, uh, you know, they had already left the scene. Many people were leaving the scene, including going to Union Station to go home because this was a huge celebration. So I, I guess I wanted to point out that the investigation is ongoing, but also it's going to take a little time. They'll charge somebody. They have some minors in custody. So probably, uh, you know, it's going to be a day or two. They have to charge them or they have to release them under the law. So we will see charges probably shortly if they can determine. That's the franticness of investigating a criminal case. Right now, you have to be as quick as you can to try to determine while you still have somebody in custody, whether or not they were involved in the shooting, whether there are witnesses to that shooting, and somebody can identify an individual as shooting towards an individual. I think two things I wanted to bring up right now, maybe three things. One is this situation in America. I feel like this is a situation where this might prompt everybody to feel like they're never going to be safe. And everyone who has a gun, which there are millions and millions of people who really, you know, maybe just bought a gun, they don't even carry it or know how to use it, are going to feel like they should take their gun and carry it with them. And I want to caution the world of gun owners in the United States, which I'm one, 
to be very circumspect about when and where you carry a gun. There are many locations where you can't carry it. And if you leave it in your car, we know one of the best places for thieves to find guns is under the front seats and in the glove boxes and in packages in cars. They break into cars at sporting events, for instance, where uh, guns might not be allowed. And you bring your gun to a sporting event, you leave it in your car so you have it there on your way to and on your way back. Well, thieves know that. Uh, there are gang groups that just go through parking lots after the sporting event starts to break into cars and steal guns. It's a great source of guns for illegally owned guns for use for criminal activity. So don't be tempted to take your gun with you just because you think it's going to keep you safer. And then here's kind of those other two, maybe a couple of points. When you think about taking a gun someplace, you may have a legal right to carry the gun. You may not necessarily have the right to fire that gun. And when you fire a gun in public, you run the risk of hurting people. It's possible that 20 individuals were injured in some way in this exchange that occurred in Kansas City. People are not as good with a, a firearm as they think they are. I think that's a general universal knowledge base that those of us who carry guns for a living have. We know that people think they can shoot well. I mean, law enforcement that trains all the time only hits their mark so many times. It's kind of like baseball averages, batting averages. Law enforcement might hit their mark three or four times when the adrenaline is going and the person is running and moving. And every round you discharge from a weapon is going someplace until it's something stops it. And uh, in a crowded area, that someplace could just as easily be an individual. So be circumspect about bringing a gun to the fight, because when you bring a gun, you add to the problem. And I know it's tempting to want to always bring one all the time if you think you can carry it or you're proficient in it or you have a legal right to do it. And I get that because I can carry one and I'm proficient in it and I have a legal right to do it. But it's not always wise. And so don't let an incident like this that's high profile make you suddenly think that your, you know, season tickets to the uh, basketball game means you should be carrying your gun every time you go and every time you come back. Um, I'm not saying don't carry guns ever. That's your right. I'm saying be circumspect about when you carry it, where you carry it, because if you draw a gun and you fire, you could be the one who's being arrested because you killed an innocent person and you will have to live with that. So don't bring a gun to the gunfight unless you need to. And now a word from our sponsor. EasyPA is an integration-capable communication software that connects older building systems, such as signage and public address systems, to modern software technologies, such as panic alarms and mass notification systems. Additional features include built-in automated bell schedules, remote access, text-to-natural voice announcements, and custom audio playlists. EZPA is one of the only full-service public address and communications companies that has in-depth knowledge on both the hardware and software aspects of communication and evacuation-based products. As a solution-based company, they offer design, supply, installation, and maintenance of all their products. And for use in schools, EZPA software provides multi-zone capabilities, pre-scheduled daily announcements and bells, and a remote alert button that can be accessed from anywhere in the school. Once a panic alarm is triggered, law enforcement is notified immediately. EZPA makes schools safer from any threat. Go to EZPA.com. That's E-Z-Y-P-A 
Bluehost.com to learn how to integrate your systems today. If you want to be a reseller or integrations partner, visit EZPA.com to learn more. That's EZYPA.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So the other thing that I've had a lot of people ask me about just in the last 24 hours is, oh, my gosh, no place is safe. And, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Part of that, I think, and I think about, you know, especially for our listeners who are outside the United States, is that, you know, the U.S. is hosting the World Cricket Cup this year. And we're holding FIFA World Cup in 26. We're scheduled to hold the Summer Olympics and Paralympics in 28 in Los Angeles. There will be, as there were when, you know, Olympics were held in other cities that were considered to be somewhat dangerous. There will be fantastic procedures in place in terms of security perimeters and the information they glean from today. And other shootings will help to inform how they plan and prepare for future events, including, you know, when and where you're allowed to carry a gun and how close you can get to a venue. So kind of keep that in mind that even though we are going to be hosting these events, law enforcement is always learning from, you know, day to day and take a step back and uh, recognize that there were a million people at this event who were there having fun. A lot of drinking, probably very peaceful, uh, a fun and raucous crowd in different ways. And none of those people were involved and engaged in this type of activity. So if a conflict occurs in a neighborhood nearby an event, that doesn't mean the event is unsafe. And I think that's the feeling safe versus being safe. A lot of people don't feel safe right now. And yet they really are safe. It may seem like there's a shooting on every corner. But there isn't. You go to the grocery store every week. You get on your bus to go to work every day. And there, all of those instances, there isn't an event. There isn't a shooting event. You have to ingest and remember all of those different events. And then I guess the last thing that I just wanted to touch base on is the reality of safety. It does not go unnoticed that there were children injured in this instance. And our children go to school where we know that they're actually safer in school than they even are in homes statistically. So we worry about our children in school, but we also know that our children are in schools that host safety training for tornadoes and fire drills and hurricanes and active shooter situations and other emergencies, power outages. Children are very good sponges about understanding and accepting the rules as put forth to them. Where I find right now, say if you're going to take your family to a baseball game or you're going to take your family to any event or your kid is playing in Little League, it is always good to have contingency plans. My children were raised, you know, with me. So we always had a, if we get separated, meet here. If there's an emergency, do this. And at all levels, because of my workload and what I knew we could be exposed to, 
you should be having as a parent those conversations with your kids. They absolutely can be at the age appropriate level. But, you know, if a child is going to get, if you go to an amusement park and a child gets lost in the amusement park, you want them to know, well, go find a trusted adult and you instruct them. We need you to do the same thing here now because for two purposes. One, a child will know what to do. And we can talk about that briefly. But then two, a child will know that you are considering and concerned about their safety and you know what to do in an emergency. And they, that gives them confidence and calms them down. That's the value of having a teacher explain emergency procedures in the classroom. Then the child doesn't have to hold all of that on their own shoulders. And I see a lot of parents don't do this, but they really should as a parent. You should think about talking to your kids just in general about what do you do in an emergency? What if I'm not around in that emergency? And then if you're going someplace, make a plan that, hey, if there's an emergency in the stadium while we're there and I'm off, you know, in the ladies' room, then here's the plan. We're going to go to meet at this corner at this time. And if this is the type of emergency, then you do this. And that's the type of emergency you do this. So create a plan for your family that allows you to know what to do if you're individually located someplace and also to know what to do when you're together that will give you confidence that you know, even though things are crazy right now, they'll be calm in a little while. And then with specifically with regard to a shooting situation, you know, there's a couple of things that are kind of a challenge always. You can't be killed if you're not there. So it, it, the run, hide, fight was adopted by the federal government for a reason. Run is the important part. Get out of the scene, get out of the area if you can. Yes, bullets move faster than people can run, but people aren't as accurate with guns as they think they are, but also random bullets flying someplace. You want to be as far away from it as you can. So if you hear gunshots, first of all, stop thinking it's fireworks. It's not. Gunshots are pop, 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 pop. Fireworks are crackles, right? So they're different sounds. And if you hear that, get to someplace safe or leave the area if you can. When people leave the area in a panic, we have just as many injuries of people tripping, running over themselves, falling, breaking a wrist. That is going to happen when people panic. People run and there's a potential for injury. So make a plan to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. This is the best door to go out. If you can't get out that door, go to this direction. And when you get outside, we're going to meet back at this corner of 45th and Main if we can. And that way we'll all get together. We can get in our car. We can get on transportation and we can go home. If you can't meet there, go to here and create another location that might be in a restaurant or something like that. And make sure that if people have cell phones, that you have the ability to text each other. Put a group text together of whoever's in your crowd. And then you can text and say, I'm at 45th and Main. I'm okay. And that takes everybody's stress level down. So you can get contact with people right away and know that even if you can't connect up, they're safe. So making a plan is a good idea. We ask our schools to do that for our children. We expect our businesses to do it in case there's an emergency while we're shopping. I ask you to expect that of yourself and your families and those around you. Make a plan. It's a good idea. It's a good idea long before we had to worry about shootings, but it's a fantastic idea 
now that we do have to worry about shootings. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. Through terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events, on our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? 
Download American Vigilante now.